the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Legally, the Sanhedrin did not have the authority to execute Jesus. So they have to go to the Romans. Now, hypothetically, if the Sanhedrin did have the authority to carry out the death penalty on Jesus, they would have stoned him to death. That was their preferred method of execution. Jesus would not have been crucified. He would have been put to death by stoning. Now, why does that matter? It matters because Jesus had to be crucified. Do you believe in prophecy? It could be said that faith in God is to believe in the prophecies of old and yet to come. Still, do you believe it? In today's message, Pastor Dan reveals details surrounding the crucifixion and death of Jesus that are small, but also surprisingly significant. You may already know that the foretelling of Jesus' death was documented hundreds of years before it happened. But to remove even a shadow of doubt in the fulfillment of this prophecy, the details included in the text are irrefutable. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 27 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. The trial at the palace of Caiaphas, that's the second phase of the three-part religious trial. Now, that brings us to chapter 27, verse 1. It says, When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. Now, Luke's account of this tells us, as soon as it was day, as soon as it was day, This council convened, and this is the third phase and final phase of the religious trial. This this gathering of the religious leaders as soon as it was day. At the very beginning of the day, the religious leaders, they reconvene as soon as it is day. This time they meet in the judgment hall, in the temple, the place where trials are supposed to be held. And remember I said just a moment ago that trials must take place During the daytime, they must take place in the judgment hall, in the temple, and they must be open to the public. So what does the council do? They meet as soon as it was day to quickly condemn Jesus while most people are still at home asleep. So this third phase of the religious trial, it's just a formality. It's a facade. It's a veneer. It's for appearances so that the trial has a semblance of of being legal. Maybe the council does this to appease their conscience, to make themselves feel better about their lawless actions against Jesus this night. Again, Luke's account gives us more details in Luke chapter 22. It tells us this religious council 
They reconvened at daybreak. They brought Jesus into the courtroom. They asked him two questions, and then they voted to condemn him. That was it. They didn't call witnesses. They didn't hear testimony. This, again, it's just a facade. They brought him in, asked two questions, and then vote to condemn him. The first question they asked Jesus is, are you the Christ? Tell us. To which Jesus answered, this again is in Luke's gospel, if I tell you, you will by no means believe. In other words, the religious leaders have already made up their minds to condemn Jesus, so it's useless to tell them if he's the Christ or not. They're not going to believe. They're not going to have a change of heart. They're not going to change their minds about Jesus, no matter what he says at this point. And there are some people that will never change their mind about Jesus, no matter what you tell them, no matter what you share with them, no matter what proof you show them, they're just never going to change their mind. The second question they ask Jesus is, are you the Son of God? So first question, are you the Christ? Are you the Son of God? The title, Son of God, speaks of his deity. To the second question, Jesus answered, you rightly say that I am. And the Greek is emphatic, meaning it's more like, yes, indeed, I am the Son of God. And so his answer to this question leaves no doubt to his identity. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. And he's the Son of God. And then Luke's gospel again, Luke tells us the council said, Well, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. We don't need to have a trial. We don't need to call witnesses to testify. He has confessed with his own mouth of blasphemy. He has declared that he's the Christ, the Son of God, so he's guilty. By his own words, he's guilty, case closed, and the Sanhedrin vote to condemn him to death. And that's it. That's the final trial, as far as his religious trials go. And it's just a formality to give the appearance of being legal. And it's at that point, again, Luke's gospel gives us this detail. It tells us that the entire council, the entire Sanhedrin, all of those priests arose and they led Jesus away to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, as we see here and verse 2. But they all go, so they all show up early in the morning at the palace of Pontius Pilate. Now, why do they take Jesus to Pontius Pilate? They've already voted to condemn him to death for blasphemy. Why don't they just put him to death? Well, the Sanhedrin had to take Jesus to the Romans because they did not have the authority to put people to death. The Romans had revoked the power of capital punishment from the Jewish people some years before this. Now, in Acts chapter 7, Stephen is stoned to death by the same council, but that was done in a fit of rage by an angry mob. Legally, the Sanhedrin did not have the authority to execute Jesus. So they have to go to the Romans. Now, hypothetically, if the Sanhedrin did have the authority to carry out the death penalty on Jesus, they would have stoned him to death. That was their preferred method of execution. Jesus would not have been crucified. He would have been put to death by stoning. Now, why does that matter? It matters because Jesus had to be crucified to fulfill prophecy. In Psalm 22, which was written a thousand years before Christ, Psalm 22 
prophetically describes the crucifixion of Jesus in great detail. Psalm 22, verse 16 says, they, they pierced my hands and my feet. And so his hands and his feet must be pierced to fulfill prophecy. Zechariah 12.10. Zechariah 12.10, the Lord God says, Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. The Jewish people will look upon the Lord God whom they pierced and mourn for the Lord as one mourns for his only son. So Jesus must be pierced on the cross to fulfill Scripture. He cannot be executed through stoning. That won't fulfill Scripture. So they take him to the Romans, and the Romans will crucify Jesus. Now, look at verse 3. We come to verse 3, and we are given the rest of the story for Judas Iscariot. And, And we'll see in a moment why Judas's story is included at this point. So verse 3 says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. You should underline that word remorseful. And brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. Now look at verse 3 again. It says of Judas, it says, Judas seeing that Jesus had been condemned. That word seeing there is important. It means to see with the eyes. To see with the eyes. That tells us that Judas was there. Judas was there when Jesus was brought before the Sanhedrin in the temple, in the judgment hall. He was there when they voted to condemn him to death. Judas is there, and he sees it. He sees what happens to Jesus. And as the council begins to leave the temple to lead Jesus away to Pontius Pilate, Judas steps forward, and Judas stops them. And Judas tries to return the 30 pieces of silver that that council gave him as a bribe to betray Jesus. He wants to return the money. It's interesting to me that Judas still has all the money he was given by the religious leaders. He still has all 30 pieces of silver. Judas didn't spend a single penny of the money. He didn't even stop him buy a falafel on the way home or a cup of coffee. He doesn't say, well, I've got 29 pieces of silver. I spent one. You know, years ago, I served on a jury in a bank robbery case. And in the case, these two men robbed a bank. And after they robbed the bank, they immediately went on a shopping spree. They left the robbery and went out and started spending the money like crazy. But Judas didn't spend any of the money. He experienced no enjoyment from betraying Jesus. That money brought him no pleasure at all. All it brought for him was remorse. He tries to return the money because it says Judas was remorseful. He was remorseful. Judas sees what is happening to Jesus, and he is filled with regret. He's filled with guilt. He knows what he did was wrong. 
He feels sorry. He feels bad. He feels pained by his actions and the consequences of his actions. But listen, please give me your attention. He is remorseful, but he's not repentant. There's a difference. There is a difference between remorse and repentance. The Greek word that is used here, translated remorseful, is not the word for repentance. To repent means to change your mind about your behavior and about your sin, and then to turn from your sin and turn to God for forgiveness and salvation. Judas feels regret over his choices, but not repentance unto salvation. You know, the Bible tells us there is a difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. That's how the Bible puts it. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, it says, For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. It leads to turning away from the sin and turning to Jesus Christ for cleansing and for salvation. Judas does not have godly sorrow. He's got worldly sorrow. He does not have godly sorrow that leads to repentance. He has worldly sorrow. He has remorse. He has regret. He regrets the consequences of his actions. You know, a person can regret the consequences of their actions. They can feel remorse over the pain they've caused others. They can feel terrible about the mess they made of things. They can feel ashamed of their actions, all without repenting. All without repenting of their sins. I mean, look at what Judas does here. First of all, he he tries to return the money. He's trying to make it right. He's trying to fix it. And verse 4, he confesses that he has sinned. He acknowledges that Jesus is innocent. He admits he was wrong to take the bribe and betray Jesus. And those are all good things to do. Those are all good things to do. But Judas stops short of repenting. He goes to the priests to try to undo what he did. But he doesn't go to Jesus. Jesus is standing right there with the priest. But he doesn't turn to Jesus for forgiveness. He doesn't turn to Jesus and talk to Jesus about what he did. Listen, please give me your attention. You have to turn to Jesus. You have to turn to Jesus. You have to go to Jesus. Only Jesus can cleanse you of your sin. Only Jesus can forgive you. Only Jesus can remove the shame and the regret 
and the guilt. Trying to undo your mistakes is not enough. You have to turn to Jesus. Jesus doesn't want anyone to perish in their sins. His desire is that all would come to repentance, that all would turn to him for cleansing and forgiveness. Listen to these verses. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. If you repent, if you turn to Jesus Christ, your sins will be blotted out, and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. He'll lift that guilt and that shame away from you. Proverbs 28.13 Proverbs 28.13 He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. He who covers his sins will not prosper. Judas is trying to cover his sins by giving the money back, saying he sinned, saying he was wrong, saying Jesus was innocent. He's just trying to cover his sins. But whoever confesses his sins and forsakes them will have mercy from God. Psalm 32, Psalm 32, Psalm of David. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered by the Lord. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Now listen to what David says. When I kept silent about my sin, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. Have you ever carried around unconfessed sin and it just weighs on you? And your bones grow old, your body aches, and you groan, oh. Every time you think of it, oh, man. That was David. He says, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. You know, just this conviction of the Holy Spirit just weighing upon him about his sin. He couldn't escape it. Day and night. He says, my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. You know, I just felt so dry. Just in a drought because of my sin weighing upon me. And then he says, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. It's automatic with the Lord. When you confess your sins to him, when you walk in the light with your sins, it's automatic. He forgives you. He cleanses you of all of your iniquity. You know, David is described as a man after God's own heart. And he's described as a man after God's own heart, not because David was sinless, not because David lived a perfect life. He's described as a man after God's own heart because David turned back to the Lord for forgiveness. He knew that when he sinned, he could turn to God and God would forgive his sins and refreshing would come. Isaiah 43, verse 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and I will not remember your sins. What a promise. God says, I'll blot out your transgressions. 
so that you can't even see them, and I will remember your sins no more. I won't bring them up. You don't bring them up. And we'll just act like it never, ever happened. Judas doesn't turn to Jesus for forgiveness. He hasn't changed his mind about Jesus. There's no change of heart about Jesus. Judas is just seeking relief from his regret. He wants to get rid of the guilt he feels, and he thinks returning the money, confessing that Jesus is innocent, will remove the remorse and the guilt that is weighing upon him. But it won't. It never does. You have to turn to Jesus by faith. Listen, if you're here today and you have come to church today and you are weighed down by guilt and shame and regret over sin or things that you've done in your life, only Jesus can lift that off of you. Only Jesus can take that from you. So look at verse 4. Judas declares that he sinned by betraying Jesus to the religious leaders because Jesus is innocent. Note that Judas confesses that Jesus is innocent. This is remarkable. The betrayer, he's described as the betrayer. Back in verse 3, the betrayer of Jesus is testifying that Jesus is an innocent man. The chief witness against Jesus is recanting his testimony. He says, essentially, I lied. He's innocent. You know, later on, Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, will question Jesus and then declare, I find no fault in this man. He has done nothing deserving of death. The wife of Pontius Pilate will say to her husband, Leave this innocent man alone. The thief on the cross next to Jesus will say to the other thief on the other side of Jesus, We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man has done nothing wrong. When Jesus dies on the cross and he gives up the ghost, the Roman centurion that is there at the foot of the cross declares, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Those are some pretty powerful testimonies from quite a collection of witnesses. I mean, all of those people played a role in his crucifixion. And they all agree that Jesus is innocent. Jesus was perfect. He was a perfect man. He was without sin. That's what makes him the perfect sacrifice for our sins and for us. Consider the testimony to the innocence and perfection of Jesus in contrast to the religious leaders who are filled with corruption and immorality. Now, look at the response of the religious leaders to Judas's confession. Judas says, I've sinned by betraying innocent blood. And the religious leaders said, what is that to us? You see to it. That's your problem. These are some really compassionate shepherds, aren't they? They don't care about Judas. They don't care about anyone except themselves. They don't care that Judas is suffering under the weight of his sin. They don't care that he is burdened with remorse. They don't care that Judas 
is recanting his testimony against Jesus. They don't they don't care. He asked me how I know and I say bring sure than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.